words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Good morning, church. How's everyone? Okay, so today we're talking about the noise all around us. Something has been on my heart, though, to share with everyone is a lot of people um, who God has actually called to be ministers and um, who have a very strong word for people around them, for the house, for their friends, for their family, they are limited by what they consider their lack of eloquence. And so they say nothing. And, um, and I think for a long time, um, I probably struggled with that. I think my own instance was not a lack of eloquence. It was just um, being shy and worrying about if the words would string together and if it would make sense. But I think one of the things that God is saying to us is that don't worry about that. It's not about the eloquence, it's about the heart in which it comes. It's about your obedience, it's about the heart and it's about the message that he's putting out there for the people. So even in how scattered or how not well put together it is. I mean, some people are wordsmiths. They can take a simple sermon and, you know, take you on a musical journey. You know, the likes of Pastor Mo <laughs> will take you on a musical journey, you know, about the topic and arrive somewhere. But then not everyone has that gift, but that shouldn't limit you. And so I feel led in my spirit to say to, you know, someone in the house today that nothing God is asking you to say or to do. Just step out in faith, you know. If it's two people three people, your friends, your family members, it doesn't matter. Just start somewhere and build your confidence, you know, and the most important thing is just say that thing God is asking you to say. Don't worry about the eloquence. Don't worry about, you know, saying nonsense. Don't worry. You know, sometimes you want to say something and it just doesn't come out together, but eventually someone gets one thing and maybe that's the person that required that message. We live in a very noisy world. Very noisy world. I don't think there's ever been a time that the world has been as noisy as it is now. And when I'm talking about noise, I'm talking about just everything that is around us. All the things that are around us. Every single thing around us. Life is noisy. Just repeat after me. Life is noisy. It doesn't matter if you're quiet. Life in our time, in our generation, is very, very noisy like never before. Even for the people that are silent, that don't speak. If you go into their heads, you will come out with a headache. Life is very noisy. And so for us to be able to talk about this, you know, this is just bringing to remembrance things that all of us already know. I want to talk about two people and how they were able to shut down the noise around them to be able to fulfill the mandate that God had given them. And so let's go to our good friend Nehemiah first. So Nehemiah was a cupbearer of the king. Obviously, we start from verse 1, but we won't go to verse 1. I think let's start from, let's go to verse 4. When Nehemiah had gone to God and prayed, he had heard about the city of, you know, the Judah and how the walls had become desolate and broken. So um, he then basically asked for permission to go and rebuild the city. The king gave him permission. He asked for his resources and off he went. And so in verse 4, he had started to build one of the noise that was supposed to distract him from the work he was supposed to do then crept up in the form of people. And so he said, but it so happened when Sambalat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. And he spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish, stones that are burned? Now Tobias the Ammonite was beside him and he said, whatever they build, even if a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. And then Nehemiah says, Hear, O our God, for we are despised. Turn their reproach on their own heads and give them as plunder to a land of captivity. Do not cover their iniquity and do not let their sins be blotted out from before you, for they have provoked you to anger before the builders. And so we built the wall and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. Carry on. Now we happened when Sambalat Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and the gas were beginning to be closed. They became very angry and all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. And then go to six again. This 
fellows, this, you know, Sambalat and Tobias and whatever funny names that he had. Nehemiah 6. Now it happened that when Sambalat, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall and there were no bricks left in it, though at that time I had not hung the doors and the gates, that Sambalat and Geshem sent to me saying, Come, let us together among the villages in the plain of Ono, but they thought to do me harm. So I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work. So great that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? But they sent this message to me four times and I answered them in this same manner. And so when we look at our lives and the assignment that God has given us on a day-to-day basis, if we are careful and we are quiet in our spirit, we know that our life is filled to the brim with Sambalites and Tobiases. And this noise of the world comes in various forms. It's constantly battling for attention, battling for everything, battling for our resources. Some of them legitimate and some of them illegitimate. Some of them deliberate and some of them not deliberate. Some of them just consciously, you know, sent as detractors and distractors just like these people were. And they constantly make noise all around us. They make noise in the physical they make noise in the spiritual they make noise in our head they make noise everywhere around us and and so the lord is saying to us that um imagine that nehemiah who had this assignment to do this work i imagine that these men were men of repute in that area i think they were like leaders or king i think um, sambalat was actually some kind of um king or leader of a roman army or emperor or something and so imagine that these people had come all around and as they started to tell him all these things you cannot build this wall more or less mocking him mocking the assignment that god had given him and he had started to quiver and started to be afraid and started to say oh maybe these people have a valid point maybe i really should not be building this wall who am i exactly that i should be building this wall what is my antecedents what is my credential what is my experience it's not for people like me oh maybe i didn't hear god right maybe it's for somebody else let me go and pray again i hear who god has asked to do that work Imagine that that had happened. And then just in case you now thought that you could build the wall, his friend Tobias now comes and says, you know what, even if you build it, when a fox climbs on it, it will scatter. Basically, okay, you managed to build it, but the quality will be bad because you don't know how far, you don't really know how these things are done. I know people that know how to do it. It's not for people like you. Noise and distraction all around you. But I would imagine that Nehemiah was a man of focus. He was a man who understood assignment, his calling, but a man who was also quiet before God. And so in a place of quietness, when God gives you an instruction, when God gives you a revelation, when God gives you an assignment, and you've heard it clear, clear as, what's the clearest thing in the world? You've heard it so clearly. There is no Sambalat or Tobias that can distract you from that purpose in God. But the problem is that our lives are so crowded with things all around us that sometimes we don't even know what we've heard anymore. Even though we know we've heard, there's so much noise around us that we now start saying we're not even sure what we heard because it's been diluted by the things all around us. And so go back to the slides. I want to just talk about a little bit, you know, about what some of these noises are. Living life itself, it's noise our jobs, our careers, we are constantly bombarded with deliverables, KPIs, SLAs, all of those things, all of those things, just running a business, staff issues, my generator is not working, my staff are stealing from me, my contractors are owing me money, legitimate concerns of the world that we even justify and say, if we don't have these things, how do we advance the kingdom of God? At the times when I've been the most lazy in, in, in ministry, I would always say, well, last, last, shall I bring my sight and I will advance the kingdom of God and I will justify to myself that that's my own assignment. I've even had the seasons when I've said, me, I'm a kingdom financer. As long as I have the money and there's a need, I will provide what I have. That should count for something. I'm very sure many of us feel that way sometimes. But then I think that God is calling out to a life of more than just that. It's not to say that that is not an assignment. My only excuse, if I would say the truth, was I was just too busy. You don't understand. I was just too busy. There was a saying amongst my friends then, please do not plan anything around Uche. 
because you can call her this morning and she'll tell you she's at the airport and it was just normal and for me i didn't see anything wrong in that so prayer how i just used to say father lord you know now me and you we know how far oh yeah <laughs> and god in his mercy his mercy i used to say i must have done something good in my childhood because god in his mercy or maybe my mother i saw we're praying i'll just go i could go months like that like two minutes one minute prayer that's it I'll, and the funny thing is that it, it's not about many words to be honest maybe it was just about accuracy of the words because i used to get the answers and the directions and all of those things but god was calling me to a place of being with him quieting the things around me and actually listening and being with him some of the noise around us money and influence our quest to acquire wealth and be influential. And again, we justify it by saying that if I have money, I would have influence. If I have influence, I can then use my position of influence to advance the kingdom of God. We see things like that. But when that time comes, we are busy hobnobbing with the rich and famous and living the lifestyle that God has not called us to because of the excess around us. And so sometimes when God has sent you on an assignment and you go into that error, he will take it back away from you. I have seen billionaires not be able to pay their children's school fees. I've seen billionaires brought to their knees before God because their money could not help them. All you need is one illness. You run from pillar to post. You fly all over the world, God forbid, but you'll see that your money actually means absolutely nothing. But it's a life in Christ that is more, most important above everything else. Above everything else. Social media. The biggest, I don't know what to call it. It's like the biggest, almost the biggest blessing in our generation. But also one of the biggest curses in our generation. If you look at your phone, you know, for those who have a smartphone. And it tells you your phone usage. You'll be embarrassed. You'll be embarrassed. One day I looked at it. I had um, WhatsApp. I think maybe 78%. I thought, yeah, communication. I have to talk to people on different things. Then I had uh, Instagram, maybe 12%. It just kept going down. My Bible was at 2%. <laughs> people are saying, hey, check your own. <laughs> check your own. Bring out your phone and check your own. Check your phone usage. Yes, my Bible was at 2%. I was horrified and ashamed. And this is me that prides myself on not being fixated on social media. That I just go in every now and then and I come out. I don't spend my time there. It was at 2%. So even if it was I spent 10 minutes on social media, it meant I only spent what? Two minutes in my Bible. That's what it meant. It wasn't about whether I spent 10 hours on social media. It was about the proportion of my life that I was devoting to things. You go into one person's page, you see a post, they tag somebody else. You say, oh, you're now going to that person's page. Next thing, you are like down a rabbit hole that you're like, how the hell did I end up on this page? And then you'll be calibrated and come out of it. And sometimes you don't even come out. You just come out back to <laughs> maybe it's your starting point. And then that's from there, gossip starts. Oh, I saw something on someone's page. Oh, then you're taking pictures of screenshots of outfits that you think you want to buy or you want to make. Then somebody is selling hair and they're doing like this. <laughs> Every woman in this place, your feed is filled to the brim of women selling hair. Those people, we need to pray against them. They are devouring spirit that they spoke about, I promise you. And you see hair like this. <laughs> Hey, God. <laughs> you finish working hard for your money. You count it. I got it so on. <laughs> eh, then TV. Jesus Christ. The craziest shows you can possibly imagine. Being at home, this maternity has been very revealing. <laughs> I always say there's nothing to watch on TV. There's plenty to watch on TV. Plenty nonsense. Plenty nonsense. I saw one naked and afraid. They were basically, if you don't pretend, somebody has seen it. <laughs> You've seen it before. Thank you, my sister. Basically, they're supposed to be in the jungle for I don't know however long. Stuck, naked, 90 days. Okay. However, many, a lot of days. So it's like some kind of survival series, but you're naked. Men, women, and they're supposed to basically find food, provide shelter, whatever. Stuck, naked. 
Like, I'm just thinking, what is the purpose of this show exactly? Are they taking us back to the days of Adam and Eve? I don't understand. Is there a message in here? I'm, I'm genuinely trying to understand. I have my own guilty pleasure. Real Housewives of, of Atlanta, thank you. And then I say, oh, it's just for the fashion. You know, it's just for the fashion. I'm not really looking at their lifestyle. And then they're fighting. They're fighting. They're gossiping. They're fighting. They're making noise. They're so ratchet. And I thought, okay, no, no, no. You need to raise your, you know, your standard. Don't, don't be like that. Don't be having this. I said, okay, go and watch Married to Medicine. Say, okay, just watch one. If you want Married to Medicine, the name sounds... Uh-huh. So these are women who are married to doctors and some of them are also doctors. They two are fighting. They two are fighting. Because what are they looking for? Power, money, influence. Oh, I didn't get invited to that party. Oh, you said this about me. Oh, you did a background check on me. Oh, you did just all sorts of foolishness. Big brother, you would not believe the amount of people responsible Emphasis on responsible, supposedly busy people who are fixated on the concept of Big Brother and are watching it and can tell you the names of all the people and everything happening there. And so when you look at all these things, our opinions, the comment section, one time I said that eh, I was going to find uh, the developer to find a way to lock the comment section on people's pages. So not the one that you do by yourself, but commercially lock it so that if you want to go and comment on somebody's page, you will pay something to comment. Just imagine that. Do you know how much money some celebrities will make for you to go and comment on their page? It might be small, though. You know, little drops of water make a mighty ocean. Maybe something like um, one cent, exactly. But one cent, sometimes you go on a feed and you've seen one million comments. The person is cashing out. People constantly talking, 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 talking. Like just opinions that don't make any sense. Friends and the people around us. Have you ever been around people that always have an opinion on everything? They always have an opinion on their life, on your life and your grandmother's life. We've used them to replace the place of the Holy Spirit. I have this friend. She always has one issue or the other. Lovely, lovely girl. Lovely girl. But she is always dealing with one thing or the other. And she can spend three hours talking to you about these issues. And when I get weary of, you know, obviously as a friend, you have to be supportive, do make the right noises. Hey, yeah, are you serious? Oh, wow. Ah, now, wow. And then, <laughs> because I was once accused of being insensitive. So that thing plagued me for a long time. I had to start learning all of those female nuances, you know. But then, when I get tired, I'll be like, come. Please, can we go and pray? Like, I don't understand. This thing you're telling me, this one is bigger than, you know, let's just go and pray that God will tell us how to navigate through these problems. That's it. She'll disappear for the next one week. She'll vanish for the next one week. She won't call me. She won't disturb me again. But she would rather spend three hours. What about she spent 10 minutes talking to the Holy Spirit? about that situation or circumstance are you telling me that the almighty father that i know in his mercy will not give her a solution or guess what the answer doesn't always come you know that sometimes you prayed about something for so long but you know one thing that comes peace peace that passes all human understanding where everybody around you is still seeing the problem nothing has changed in your life that thing is still worrying you but you are acting like everything is kosher because it is really kosher inside of you which is what matters the most so noise we rather hear the opinions of people we rather hear the opinions of the world have you had a problem and gone to google and <laughs> if you're not careful by the time you're done you have hiv and cancer together by the time you are done or sometimes, you will search and search. You won't find anything. It's remaining for you to enter the dark web to search for the answer. But the answer is not there. The answer is not there. Google is search engines. It's garbage in, garbage out. You know what that means? Somebody puts that nonsense or sense in there. You run a search and it comes up. How do you filter which one is correct and accurate? There are people I know. I saw this on the internet. They are forwarding it to everybody. 
And I'll say to them, do you realize it's somebody that sat down, typed it up, uploaded that content? Where's the person's facts? What are they using to validate it? They'll tell us one day that wheat is fantastic for us, healthy, gluts, whatever. Then three, six months later, they come back and say that, oh, it stops digestion. Which one are you going to believe? Whose report would you believe? It's a report of the Lord. Doesn't that tell us that all these things are nonsense? I'm in a group of people, um, in a WhatsApp group that somebody put me into, which I don't even know why I joined now, come to think of it. Because that's another noise. So in that group, the unique thing about the group is, anything you put in there is going to be dissected and discussed. Unlike some groups where people just dump, 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 anything they see, any video. Everything you put in there will be discussed and dissected. So there's a broad range of topics for most of the people there are financial people so they have um, an interest in money they have an interest in politics in government and obviously all sorts of life issues and they just never stop talking they just never stop talking i mean there's a lot of information that i get out of it don't get me wrong because they are very intellectual people there there are some bank mds a couple of bank mds a couple of you know senior executives in you know known parasitals in nigeria they never stop talking and then when you sit down quietly and then just look at what they are saying guess what they are talking nonsense they don't really know what they are talking about but you because of their status and their position you think they are talking sense you know more than them i have come to see that sometimes the littlest person knows more than the biggest person. Well, I don't even know if that English is correct. It doesn't matter. You get what I'm trying to say? They know because those ones have taken time to go and study and hear from God. God does not look at size or age or status. Constantly talking nonsense. Filling your mind. Filling your mind. Filling your mind. And if you're not careful, your belief system is starting to change without you even realizing it. There was an argument the other day about pro-life versus pro-choice. The pro choice people were saying that um, a fetus is a parasite that is dependent on the host for its survival i was very confused <laughs> i was like is it a child that we're talking about like this i don't understand with straight face and with their logic and the pro-life people were like in that case when the child is born the child is dependent on mom for breast milk for survival. Are you therefore going to say that the child too is a parasite? Because basically the argument was that if it's a parasite, you have the discretion to get rid of it if you want to. And this was the first day I joined the group. So imagine my confusion. So it's not one of those groups where someone says something and somebody says, oh yes, we agree. Oh, that's so true. Uh-uh. There's no agreeing with you. There are people challenging your beliefs and your viewpoints and you better come correct in your argument and god help you, you said something six months ago you have recounted huh? they go and screenshot <laughs> they go and screenshot that thing you said they've assigned themselves role there are people there that are fact checkers so <laughs> dangerous people in fact one day i sent my sister a screenshot of one of the conversations she said to me you have entered one chance <laughs> one chance and so me i said i immediately said you know we're talking about the roe versus wade the basically the landmark ruling in america where um, abortion started when a woman you know said she had the right to take her baby out and the supreme court approved it and so i said to them the fact that somebody won a court ruling does not make it right and someone said no oh, no 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 it's too soon for you to take a position just in case you change your mind later how can i change my position on a thing like that how can I say that it's okay for someone to take out a baby at any stage, 36 weeks? How can I say that? How can I change my position on a thing like that? Except I've allowed my mind to be corrupted by the noise of the world all around me. And it's so easy for us to do, we don't realize. I remember a few years ago, if you talk about divorce around me, I'll say, you know, I was always the look. I don't see how bad it is. God can fix anything. Love covers a multitude of sin. You can forgive. I'll say, okay, maybe physical violence can go away for a while. The person should deal with their anger management issues. I was of that position. Until I started seeing people around me have deep, real marital problems and walking away. And you know what? Slowly, quietly, it started chipping away at my belief. And I started seeing things like, marriage is not a death sentence. It's not marriage at all costs. It's not at the cost of your purpose. And the truth, if I would say the truth, I'm still trying to find my way back on that area because I'm no longer sure again.
So I know that God doesn't like divorce, but then I'll say, but just as he doesn't like lying, fornication, adultery, infidelity, all these other things. So why in this case should somebody now have a life sentence because of it? But that's what happens when you allow noise to corrupt your environment. After a while, it starts to erode the very thing, the very essence of who you are and your belief system. I want to talk about some statistics on noise around us because if we don't understand how deeply embedded this thing is, then we'll constantly struggle. Per minute, user, um, Snapchat users share 527,000 photos per minute. Then 456,000 tweets are sent on Twitter per minute. Who, who's active on Twitter? That place is a terrible you tweet something, the attack that will come at you, eh? In seconds, you won't even be, you won't even believe how the people know you or how they found you. They don't care. There's no respect on the streets of Twitter. No respect on the streets of, they, they are savage. They are savage. They will laugh. They will do all those gifts of laughter. They would they would quote things. They will just constantly, tweet, 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 in like, you know, beds. Tweet, 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 tweet. I, I think that's where that thing came from, I, I would imagine. Constantly talking nonsense. Instagram users post 46,000 pictures per minute. Then over 300 million pictures get uploaded every day. Who are doing all these uploads? It's us. In this service here, somebody has sent an email. Somebody has checked their WhatsApp status. Somebody has sent a, a, a text message. Somebody has gone into their Instagram page. Somebody has done all of these things in this, this uh, 30 minutes or one hour service that we've already been here. We're constantly distracted by all of these things that were supposed to be technological advancements and means and mediums of, you know, getting communication. But now they've become means of us receiving and filling our minds with the things that are outside of the things that God is asking us to do. The one book that God gave to us is scriptures. Scriptures. And then, the one that is heartbreaking, there was this research on the number of years it took to reach 50 million users as a way of showing how technology penetrates. So basically, 50 million users is a mark of, you have arrived. And so, it said airlines took 68 years, cars took 62 years, you know, um, TV took 22 years for, I guess, almost every home to own, 50 million people to own one. Computers took 14 years. It started decreasing. When it, can you see, when it then got to technology, eh? Um, media it started, it started decreasing. Internet now took seven years. Facebook took three years. Pornhub now took 19 days. Doesn't that deserve a standing ovation? Nine, for the people that... 19 days. 19 days. For 50 million people to watch the children of God. He says your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Being the Based, the things that will now turn around and give you a wrong perception of sex and how it's supposed to be done. And you will always feel yourself inadequate because you were watching someone do some things that make no sense. That really, physio I mean, what do you call it? physiologically or whatever, it's not even possible. I don't even know how. Do you understand? You will now be measuring yourself against those standards. 19 days, 33.5 billion visitors. Who are these 33.5 billion people? that are accessing porn sites. Please don't go and access it after now. For those that didn't know it before. We're laughing, but it's the truth. It is so that you are aware of the things that the enemy has put as tools to steal your attention. He has three KPIs. Kill, steal, and destroy. Kill, steal, and destroy. So he will constantly look for things around us to steal our attention. And when he gets our attention, then we can never hear from God. Nothing will propel your destiny more than accuracy of God's instruction. Nothing. When he says stand, you stand. Go left, you go left. No, 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 don't go there. You sit down. Keep quiet, you zip. Speak now. Shout. Be silent in my presence. Nothing will propel your life more than hearing God. But how do you hear God? when we are spending hours on things that are distracting, filled with content that does not edify God, and then give very little time to the Word of God, or even surrounding ourselves with godly people that can tell us constantly about God and give us new understandings and interpretation about God. And so, 
how do we even know when it's God in the midst of this noise, in the midst of this chaos? Because the truth is that in all of it, there's still scriptures, there's still messages, there's podcasts, there's, you know, um, record recordings, you know, of, 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 of you know, of preachers, of, you know, there's um, Charlie evangelism, there's all of that going on. So it's not to throw away the baby with the bath water. I learned that, that statement from Namfa, actually, years ago. Don't throw away the baby with the bath water. I heard it fresh from Namfa many, many years ago. So it's not to say, throw away your phones, throw away your devices, throw away your TV, become um, deeper life. You're not allowed to watch TV. No, that's not what I'm talking about. How do we distill the voice of God? And why are we, why are we even afraid of being in the presence of God? Because some of us are even afraid of being in the presence of God for what we will hear. I remember a few years ago, I had gone on this three-day dry fast. I just had a lot of confusing things around me that I just, I needed to just um, separate myself and just hear God clearly what he wanted me to do because it was like I was at the crossroads of my life. And so I went on this three-day dry fast. And in the second day, you know, he told me very clearly, I heard it very clear. He said to me, you go on a long journey. I was like, what is this? Very clearly, he said, you will go on a long journey. Suffice to say, I promise you people, I never did that, that dry fast again. <laughs> I didn't, truthfully, because of the fear of what I will hear. Many of us, if we shut down the noise around us, the things that God will tell us about our life will leave us weeping. We'll just be crying. We won't know why we are crying. We will not be able to sleep. There are some people that can't sleep because of the burden of what God has shared with them and showed them and told them. And so our spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak. So we don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear it. We don't want to. Some of us after this will say, look, I know what you're saying, but I don't want to hear. I have deliberately deadened. I'm the one that's deliberately created the noise around me because I don't want to hear what God is saying. I am not a willing prophet. Can he please go and tell somebody else? So I don't want to hear. I'm going to watch. What are all those shows she's talked about? Uh Let me start looking for them. I don't want to hear God. Because we don't believe, we are afraid. My scripture says, when my sheep listen to my voice, I know them and they follow me. So if we say that we are the sheep of God, we have to listen to his voice. We have to create an atmosphere of quietness around us so that we can hear what God is saying to us. It is very critical because if not, we will miss purpose, we will miss destiny. And our lives will be ordinary, constantly chasing shadows, never aspiring to anything in Christ ordinary ordinary there's over six billion people on the earth why do we want to be ordinary when god is waiting to give us specific instructions concerning our life and our calling and our, and everything that concerns us and in some of us it's because of the consciousness of sin around us even when god has forgiven us we are the ones that are calling the sins to remembrance sometimes i've seen people wear sin as a cloak of honor they will constantly tell you, oh, I used to be this, I used to be that, and brag about it without even realizing that they are bragging about it. I used to run clubs, you know. So they are out of the world, but they still like the feeling that the world gave them at that time. And they say, oh, thank God for Jesus. My life is changed and transformed now. But back in the days, I used to run China White in London. You know, I knew all the big boys in Nigeria when they come in, you know, would arrange girls for them. And, f- and I'm, you look, I'm looking at you and thinking, are you sure you don't actually want to go back and continue running the club? Because you don't sound like someone who's ashamed of that life. And I'm not saying bring condemnation and judgment upon yourself. But then I'm talking about people who are actually sin conscious. I have sinned before the Lord. And so therefore, I want to do what? Run away from the presence of God. Far away. Just the same way Moses ran after he had killed the Egyptian. Run! Run away. People who have sinned and therefore... They are very conscious of the sin around them. So they don't want to hear the voice of God. And guess what? Even when God, because God is funny like that. Sometimes he doesn't look at your filthy rags. It's expedient that he passes a message. And he says he will use even a donkey. Or whatever that is around. And so he will tell you and you say, no now. He can't be telling me. Do you know what I did last night? 
it's not me that God is telling. Okay, even if I know that it's me that God is telling, I want to go and tell somebody that God said this, or I want to go and preach this, or I want to go and talk about this. They will laugh at me now. They say, I better go and sit down in one place, you, that I know where you were, or I know all the things that you do. There are some people that will never receive of you. Let me tell you, even when your life is completely reformed and transformed, there are some people there, don't ever take offense. They will never receive from you because their minds cannot conceive the redemptive blood of Christ over you. They can't conceive it. So they're constantly seeing you with the eye of that person they knew 10 years ago who was doing those funny, funny things. But then they forget that scripture says that there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus in Romans 8. That is my all-time favorite scripture. The day I saw that, my Christian life changed. I basically just knew that, okay, I'm going to make mistakes. Hopefully not some very bad ones. I'm going to do some things that are very displeasing to the heart of the Father. I'm going to walk out of step sometimes. But he says that what? There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. What? What are you talking about? It means that you can't bring any accusation against me. Saved, redeemed, sanctified, restored, forgiven, white as snow. You can't bring any accusation against me. Because it says there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And so if I have that mindset, it means that for every time I sin, it's not to take the grace of God for granted. But I go genuinely to God, I'm sorry, forgive me. I must still be able to submit myself to hear from him. Because he hasn't condemned me. So why am I condemning myself? I'm using that as my excuse. I've had people say that I'm so deep in sin that God can't do anything with me now. I need to first work out my salvation and then I will come. What if you die tomorrow? What if you die? What if you die? What if you die? No day is promised to us. It's a gift. No day. What if you die? How do you know that you're going to live till 90? So why don't you just hurry and make that amend? Go to a quiet place, hear from God, and do that thing as he's asked you to do. Because every one of us here, we have an assignment from God. For some of us, it will be in government. Some people, it will be in ministry. Some people, it will be in, the car- in their workplace. Some people, it will be in business. Some people, it will be rehabilitation of children on the streets. It will vary. And so instead of dwelling on sin that Christ already went to the cross and paid the price for our sake, we use that as an excuse not to hear from God and fill our lives with noise, complete noise. Sometimes it's even doubts and I don't even believe all these things that God is always saying. I don't even believe all these things. I, I, I always think of, um, um, what's it called, um, Jonah. Jonah ran away from the assignment they gave him. He said because, he, you know, he didn't, he just said, look, God, you just want to come and disgrace me now. She now, I'll go and tell the people of Nineveh that you're about to destroy them, eh? Then I know you, loving and kind God, slow in anger, compassionate in mercy, whatever. You now come and forgive them. Me, I now come and look like the person that was the prophet of doom that was lying. Do we feel like that sometimes? Where you, are, you know that you should tell someone, but you're worried that what if God changes his mind? What if things don't work out? You now look like you're lying. It's not your reputation at stake. It's not your reputation at stake. It's for you to hear clearly and go and do the work that God has asked you to do. And so Jonah ran away ran away, entered the ship, nearly had shipwrecked before he realized and they threw him out and then God sent him to safety and said, oh yeah, go and do the work that I sent you to do. So sometimes you don't even believe what God has told us. Sometimes God will give you a roadmap for your life and it's too grand for your mind to even see it. You're like, ah, no now, where I won't take start. I've not even been able to find a job. My family, we don't have the pedigree of what it takes I'm probably the first educated person in my entire family. How can God be showing me that I'll be a leader of people, that I'll be in government, I would influence policy, I would have impact. And so we don't believe the word of the Lord because at the other end, the voice of the enemy is constantly battling, battling, battling and telling us otherwise because we've allowed those things to infiltrate our spirit and we have no filters to separate ourselves from the things that the world is telling us versus what God is telling us to do. And so, how does the Holy Spirit speak to us? He speaks to us in songs. He speaks to us through people. He speaks to us in messages. He speaks to us in scriptures. He speaks to us through the things happening around our lives. We are quiet enough to see patterns. 
he speaks to us in so many different ways. Have you ever seen a flower and inspiration comes? Have you ever seen that? He speaks to us through nature, the peace and quietness of nature. Peace and quietness. A friend of mine is a scriptwriter. She said they'll get flown to South Africa and they'll keep them in these beach resorts. And at the end of one week or two weeks, depending on their budget, they're supposed to come out with... So a whole year of, um, of a series is 250 episodes. So at the end of the one week or two weeks, they're supposed to come out with 125 episodes. How can you create that if there's noise around you? How? So it's not a luxury lifestyle. They've sent them into this quiet cocoon where there's beauty, the trees, the ocean, good food, nice accommodation, so that their creative juices can flow. So even the world understands that. And they come out of that two weeks. So two weeks is where they have plenty of money to spend. Sometimes it's one week. They come out with 125 episodes of the things that we watch on TV. They say the adjustments are very minor here and there. Very, very few. Pretty much they will run it. They will go back again and they will do another 125. Do you know what it is to create 125 episodes of something? It is not joke. Some of those series are 30 minutes, one hour long. They will script everything. The scenes, the words, the dialogue, the narrative, the storyline. They will then piece it all together because they have different stories. The stories are apparently segmented. So story A, B, C, D. So they'll find a way to make sure that the stories all somehow tie in if not the movie doesn't make any sense or the series does not make any sense. So the world understands the place of going to a quiet place for creative juices to flow. But we, the children of God, don't understand that. No quietness around us. And I'm not talking about that, my quiet time that people say, oh, I wake up in the morning, my quiet time is 5 to 5.30 or whatever. No. I'm talking about in the middle of chaos, there is quiet in your spirit. Have you learned how to zone out? It's a skill that we all need to learn. You know, someone is talking to you. You're looking at the person. <laughs> You're making the right sounds. <laughs> You're, you have trained your mind well enough to pick up the key critical messages. Eh? Your mind has gone to God. I promise you, your life will never be the same. <laughs> you have to learn it. You have to learn it. You have to learn it. I had a job where I used to be on six hours in a day on a conference call. People, the sound of people who just like the sound of their voice. Talkie, 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 talkie. I had to learn it. But at the moment where they say, Uche, what do you think? Huh? I would just answer. You would think that I was fully. <laughs> but yeah, five and a half hours of that meeting. I didn't hear what people were saying. You have to learn it. You have to learn because sometimes, by virtue of your environment, you don't have that liberty of quietness and quiet space. If you live in a house where there are 30 people, tell me, what would you do now? You will say, oh, there's always noise. There's always somebody in one room. There's always somebody doing something. You have to learn it. You have to learn to be still. Be still and know that I'm a, I am God. Be still, quiet, and hear God. And that's why sometimes, when you know, that sometimes you go to two hours of a service, there's noise the entire service. You can't even hear yourself think. You can't even hear yourself pray. It's just noise. One day my mom went to a Pentecostal church and when she came out, she said, eh. she said it was nice, but it was just a concert. After two hours of service, that's what she said. She felt nothing. The Spirit of God does not check denomination. If the Spirit is there, the Spirit is there, right? She said it was just a concert. I didn't feel anything nothing and so dreams visions some of us dream and God is showing us pathways showing us giving us instructions telling us things telling us things for the now for our generation for the future how do we ensure that we are custodians good custodians of these things and how do we come into the place where we desire the presence of God so that we can filter all the noise around us and then go to the next slide and so one of the things that God is saying to us just go to the next slide slide is we withdraw we must learn to withdraw even Jesus used to withdraw I can give you several instances when Jesus withdrew just before his trial he went away to pray quietly before he fed the 5,000. He went away 
and was by himself seeking the face of God. Before he saw the Samaritan woman, Jesus sent his disciples to go and get food and stationed at that well. Do you realize that that was him creating quiet around himself? I can imagine that those disciples were a very chatty bunch. I can imagine that they were a noisy bunch. They were fishermen, they were farmers, they were all kinds of people. I can, I can imagine that they were like, what they call them? Yeah, I want go, uh, goons. Me, what they say that? Oh, how did they say that thing now? Eh? Goons now. You know, is it goons? Somebody help me now. No streets now here. I want goons. I be, that's how they say it. I, I didn't know you were bad people in the house. You know now, you know what I'm talking about. People help me. I don't want, I want to get it right. You know, basically, people that are around you, the hype men. Yeah, okay, let's do the English one. Yeah, hype men. They were hype men of Jesus. They were hype men of Jesus. Because they have seen Jesus do things now. They'll say, do you know this our guy? Hey, have you met our Jesus? Hey. He would just shoot like this. Somebody would just fall down and die. He'd just say, all right, somebody wake up. So they were hype men walking around, always talking, busy, activity people. You get organizing the people, doing this, gathering the people, just talking. Jesus used to send them away sometimes. Their noise was too much for him. So the Samaritan story, he sent them to go and buy food and then he waited at that well for that woman. Because 12 men, exactly, hanging around with 12 men, exactly, sent 12 men to go and buy food. I mean, really, who are we, who are we feeding? <laughs> oh, he needed him to just go. Their noise was too much. He needed him to go because he, he, had, he had an appointment with that woman that day. He didn't want to be distracted. And so he positioned at that well. And then she came. And she had that encounter with Christ. And even when they came oh, and caught him talking, you remember what they were now saying? Uh-uh, why is he talking to this woman now? So he knew why he sent them away. He always used to retreat. He retreated into the wilderness and went and prayed and fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. So if Christ himself understood the importance of withdrawal. We say we are Christ-like. Therefore, we must emulate every single thing that he did. That is how we get that power. We don't get the power by ourselves by doing nothing. It does not fall from the sky and hits us on the head. No. You will study to show yourself approved. You be with God in the place of prayer. You be with God in the place of quietness. Sometimes you don't even pray. In. You are just what? Silent before him. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. Let all the earth be silent before him. Be silent before him. Sometimes he doesn't even want us to talk. Have you be, ever been in a meeting where no words were said, but the spirit just came and did what? Took over. He doesn't need our help. Why do we always feel the need to fill up the quiet moments? Why do we always, why? Why do we always feel the need? You can sit with somebody in quiet companionship and think and meditate and reflect on the words that you've heard. Why must we always, and when the person does not respond back, you say, she's one kind, she's weird. She doesn't like talking. What about she's just asking God a question in that moment? Can you just let him or her be? Especially women. A lot of women are always complaining. My husband doesn't talk to me. My husband doesn't talk to me. Let me tell you something. My husband doesn't talk to me. <laughs> I don't mean it in a bad way. <laughs> no, 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 sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> No. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that men are not configured like women. They are not configured like women. I can just in one place story like this. I say, she's what happened. This is it. He'll say, hmm, wow, that's it. <laughs> Why must he sit down and dissect it with me? Uh -huh. So tell me, are you sure? So what was the color of her hair? Eh? No, no, you, you missed one part. When she now came in, what did she say first? Okay, I want you to watch her. Eh, okay. Then you now go three stories away from that. Say, no, 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 we're even distracted. What are we talking about again? We'll say, hey, hey, we're at the point where she now said this. Haba. What about you just allow people be quiet? Let them think and hear themselves. Let them journey with God in their minds. And don't let anybody put you under that pressure again. Don't let anybody. It's okay to be quiet and hear God. It's okay to be quiet and let God speak to you in those moments. And so in those moments, you're saying, Lord, speak to me. 
tell me something for just me. Start with being selfish. Lord, tell me something for me. Then I should grow. Lord, tell me something for my family. As you grow again, Lord, tell me something for my church. Lord, tell me something for my nation. Tell me something for my generation. Baby steps, small by small, until it gets to the place where you have distilled the noise of the world and you can hear the voice of God clearly, clear as day. Clear as day. And that's what sets you on the trajectory of your life. And so even when people are telling you, don't do this, I don't agree with this thing, I think that, 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 you are doing what? You're forging ahead. You are forging ahead. David, in 2 Samuel 5, David had had troubles upon troubles in 1 Samuel with Saul. Saul just wanted that guy dead at all costs. Like he just wanted that guy, just kill him, let's be done with him. At all costs. Saul was willing to kill his son Jonathan because he helped David escape. Who remembers? He was willing to kill his son Jonathan. Finally, David then becomes king. In 2 Samuel 5, they then coronate David as king. So you can imagine at that time, he had built what? Reputation. He had a strong army around him. He had married many wives, had many concubines. His fame and his reputation had gone to the ends of the, all the cities. Armies were afraid of him. Everybody was afraid of him. So basically, he was solid. David should have had no fear right and then he got word and then says just go to second samuel 5 please go to second samuel 5 he then says that the philistines now decided that this david guy your own is enough we're going to now finally mend you so he says and all the tribes of israel all the tribes of israel came to david at hebron and spoke saying indeed we are your bone and your flesh hi as in basically, we are joined to you, me, us, together, we die here. Is more or less what they were saying to David. We die here together. In the time past, when Saul was king of Aros, you were the one who led Israel out and brought him in. And the Lord said to you, you shall shepherd my people Israel and be ruler over Israel. So even reminding him of his anointing and of his calling. You know, the whole tribe of Israel. So it must have been a big ceremony. Therefore, all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron, and, and King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel again. So they now anointed him. Now David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned for 40 years. In Hebron, he reigned over Judea seven years, six months, and in Jerusalem, he reigned 33 years over all Israel and Judea. Now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, and all the Philistines went up to search for David, David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. Come back to modern day times. I bet you that a lot of us, because of our own confidence in the things that we've already achieved, would not have gone to inquire of the Lord. I'm the king. My boys have said we die here. We are in this together. You are a king. He has won many battles. As in, he was the Don Dada. And that's why, despite his philandering ways, God just loved him. Because he was a man who constantly came to him to ask, should I pursue? Will I overtake? He never operated in his own strength and understanding he always went back to god in a quiet place to ask of the lord what do i do god is calling many of us this morning and saying we need to come back again and ask him those prophetic words he said over us that we ran off in our own strength to go and do and met a brick wall he's saying come back quietly and ask me what to do and how to do it and i will show you See, I always say that the Holy Spirit should be like a voice in your ear saying, this is the way, walk in it. So this morning, you know, I'm just bringing it to our remembrance that we should do a, a, an analysis of our lives. We should go back and check us, check our environment and check everything around us. And what are those things that we have allowed to be noise that has perpetuated our environment and therefore shutting off the voice of the Lord. And that we go and now start looking for how to filter those things. We need to withdraw to a place in God. We need to go back to scriptures. We need to go back to prayers. We need to go back to silence. We need to change our associations 
and our relationships. If you're around people that are constantly talking about things that don't add value, right? Things that don't add value. I'm not even talking about just spiritual things. Your level of thinking will remain only so. We need to go back and change some of our associations. Some of those friends that we really, really love. We need to give them some gap. And so when I found out that that girl was very interested in always talking about all the bad things that were going on around her and always seeming like a victim and somebody who's so great because she is a fantastic person and all these bad things keep happening but she refused to pray so you know what i started doing now every single time let's pray every single time there's one um, prayer meeting come let's go oh there's a conference somewhere can we go oh a few people are meeting in some house Let's just go and hang out there. They are all Christians. We talk about God. Constantly, constantly doing that. Because I don't want tomorrow, the day the realization comes that she has filled her life with noise that does not add value. I'll be among the people that were not leading her back to God. So we'll change our associations. There are some people that we need to change our associations with them because they create noise around us. Activity, activity, activity. Every time around them, no quietness. Activity constantly. Separating us further and further and further away from God. And so this morning, in concluding, I heard this word saying, quiet my child, quiet. Let me share my heart with you. Let us reason together. Let us hear the sound of the waves. Let me show you my master plan for your life and for, for your nation. And let me navigate you through this turbulent waters. Quiet, my child, quiet, and hear my voice in the midst of the raging storm. For I speak to and in the winds and the waves. And then in concluding, in 1 Kings 19, 11 to 12, the Lord said, Go and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And the Lord was in the gentle whisper. And so the Lord realizes that because of the noise all around us, he speaks in a gentle whisper. But how do we hear that gentle whisper if the noise around us is so much? Today, God is saying that I will speak to many of you in a gentle whisper. I will tell you deep and deep secrets. I'll tell you unsearchable things that your mind cannot conceive. I will show you the pathways. I will open the doors and I will take you on a journey. I will show you like a screen. You will see your life. You will see the things that are to come. You will see a thing before it happens. Whenever any bad thing happens around people that I know that are Christians, really Christians, the first thing that I usually ask is, how did we miss it? That's the first question I always ask. Not why did it happen? How did we miss it? And God in his mercy, there's always somebody who caught it in the spirit. Because they were what? Tuned into the frequency of God. So as believers, we are not guaranteed a life without calamity or without troubles. But we are guaranteed that God will always show us, tell us and prepare us for what is about to come. If we can just be what in his presence quiet shut down the noise around us so this morning as we end father lord i speak over every person in this house lord lord i thank you for your word and i thank you that you're constantly speaking if only we would open our ears and hear Lord, I ask that you teach us to tune out the world and tune into the frequency of heaven. Lord, I ask that you teach us your ways and show us, show us, oh God. Lord, I ask that everything that distracts us from hearing you, oh God, that you shut it down in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we ask for accuracy in the spirit. We ask that you distill your word to us. That amidst all the words that come, even from different places, oh God, that the spirit of God inside of us will tell us the ones that we ought to take for a time and for a season and run with it. That will descend between good and evil, between prophetic word and false prophets in the end times, oh God. And that you will tell us specific instructions for our life, oh God, for our nations, for our church, and for our family oh god because it's your ultimate plan that we fulfill purpose oh lord and so we thank you lord for as we've asked this morning lord we are expectant 
we are expectant, oh God, that you will infiltrate our space, oh God. We give you permission this morning to infiltrate our mind, oh God, our environment, our surrounding, oh God, and shut down the voice of the enemy around us that keeps us from hearing you accurately. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We bless your name. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org. 